podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Naishad Gadani coming to you from Melbourne. And today is our 129th episode of Career Care wow. Package. And today we are speaking about successful job search strategies, successful ways to find work, but using habits and movement are the core pillars of our discussion today. And to discuss this, I'm absolutely thrilled to, to have Brian Gardner, you know, come and chat with us. Um, a, a backstory, I first heard Brian Gardner when he was in uh, Right Management Solution. And uh, I, I listened to his podcast with Anne-Mary Cross, um, probably 10 years back now. But it, some of the things that at that time, all what he shared, it was stick around with me. And I was I was a very newbie in the in the career space. So it was very exciting for me to hear someone from like Brian. And then eventually I had to you know, reach out to Brian and say, I really want you to come and talk about some of your thinking around movement and specifically about smaller ways that how it helps people to to really gather that momentum to to get the job or get whatever that they want in their careers so we're going to chat with brian but before we get to brian let's welcome caroline brown the co-host of the show thanks nation it's absolutely fantastic to be here and i guess really excited to talk to you brian just because mm. I, I have that big thing about momentum builds motivation and you know you're talking about the alignment of the feeling the sensory the feeling the movement the i'm 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 messing it all up so i think that, that oh, had, how all of that combines to to help you, yeah. you make a move and make a change so thank you so much for joining us thanks it's great to be here and just to say nice when when i first met you i had dark hair wasn't gray <laughs> uh, and so the 10 years have been good, but a lot of them during that time. Cool. So um, just a, a few little housekeeping things. If you're watching this and you want to ask uh, questions of Brian, please put them in the chat. Um, I guess a great place to start would be for you to tell people, Brian, about the work that you actually do, because on your LinkedIn profile, it's movement and alignment creating change I know there's a whole lot more to that so let, let's unpack what you actually do as a starting point yeah great thanks for the question um, I, I one of the things that uh, I'm not a great fan of uh, is the word career mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why I'm not a great fan of the word career is that I think it creates attention in people's minds and often they see career as this this aspect of climbing the ladder and the fact is that most people, in terms of expectations, are not going to get where they think they should be. And so it causes that tension of never having got there. So I talk about I've, I've had an interesting life journey, uh, just using a different narrative as opposed to, uh, um, you know, had an interesting career. But I've had a variety of roles uh, in my 
um, in my journey. I started as a software developer. I've been a BA, a project manager. Uh, I was an academic for a few years. I've been also both the IT, uh, IT director of a company and the HR director of a company. And um, as you would pick up in our number of the visitors, uh, based on my accent, I'm clearly not born and bred in Australia. Uh, I'm South African. And I came across, uh, I was working for a company called Dimension Data, which is now known as NTT, uh, back in 2001. And I came to run the web development business um, for here in Australia and Victoria. Um, the problem was, as many of you will remember, 2001 was the height of the dot-com crash. So I arrived and very soon actually had to close the business. And I, I stayed around uh, a little bit longer uh, in the business. But ultimately, I um, was, was headhunted to go and join a company called Verisign, which is an IT security business at that stage, and um, had a number of roles, including, in essence, being the, the, the COO for the company across the Asia-Pacific region. And, and, and so 2007-2008 was a, a big year for me. Um, I'll just tell two quick stories. Uh, the first was one of the things you'll know we, all three of us are based in Melbourne, uh, and Melbourne is actually a long way from anywhere, particularly outside of Australia. And, and so I was responsible for Asia, um, and I was spending, you know, Asia into the US where the head office was, probably spending 60, 70% of the time outside of Australia. And uh, I came back from a trip to Beijing. I'd been away about 10 days, uh, walked in. My kids were 16 and 14. And they said to me, oh, hi, Dad, where you been? We didn't even realize you'd gone somewhere. Mm. And that was a bit shocking. Mm. And Cheryl, my wife, was saying to me things like, it's actually easier when you're not at home, mm. which I'm not sure anyone wants to hear that. Um, but the final story was actually end of that year, I was in Bangalore, India, um, flying back to Australia. And I remember it so clearly. A guy came up to me, put his hand on my shoulder and said, are you OK, sir? Said, mm. yeah yeah i'm fine and he said but you're crying mm. and i'm embarrassed to say that i now realize on hindsight that i was having an emotional breakdown in mm. bangalore airport and uh, i describe it as i was living an unaligned unsustainable life mm. paid a lot of money not enjoying the work disconnected from family and friends unhealthy physically emotionally and then for me i just knew i needed to do something about that mm. so that was about 11 years ago um, I was 48 at the time, I'm 59 now, if you can do your maths. Um, and my thinking at the time was I wanted to find something I could do whether I was 50, 60, 70, that I would love to do. Uh, to be honest, in my case, it did not entail working for a listed US company, um, <laughs> but did have something to do with people and change. And so the last 10, 11 years has been this amazing, amazing journey, amazing mm -hmm. time of um, learning a lot about myself, in particular, why I struggled with anxiety and depression, uh, trying to understand the way I describe it, my wiring it was nature, was it nurture. And I think as an anxiety sufferer, you're never not an anxiety sufferer, but I do mm. think you can increasingly manage it rather than it manage yourself. But that's led me to be what I now describe myself as an alignment and movement strategist. Mm. Most people have not heard that. Uh, I've had a number of people say to me, is that like a, a chiropractor or a massage therapist? 
uh, and my observation is, yeah, I guess there's some sort of relevance there. Um, but fundamentally, the work I do is both organizational alignment work mm. and individual alignment work. So organizationally, um, when I'm working with an organization, it's typically with the leadership team or, or board, there's four key questions that I ask them, um, which helps understand the alignment piece. Um, the first question is, why do you exist? Why do you exist either as an organization or as a leadership team? Um, the second is, what does success look like? Mm. What does success look like in a year, in five years, 10 years, to try and tangibilize what that looks like and get it away from just, just numbers? Mm. Um, the third question is a bit of a checkpoint question. So you know, where are we now? And then the last one is, well, how are we going to get there? Um, and that flows out obviously into some really interesting discussion um, strategies, action items, um, movements, you know, operational rhythms, things like that. So that's the organizational alignment piece. And I'm sure yourself and many others absolutely get that. And we do that instinctively. Um, mm. Some organizations do it better than others, obviously. That's that work. But I actually talk about the X factor in all of this is that often we forget that there are individuals involved. Mm. An organization is made up of individuals. And so I talk about the crossover between the organizational journey and the individual journey. And so individually, people are on a journey to success as well. And the overlap is this thing we call the job or the role. Mm. The tension, and, and clearly what we're trying to ensure is that it's a win-win relationship. Um, the tension comes in is when that relationship changes. And so my experience is, is that should the organization decide make changes for whatever reason and we're seeing a lot of that at the moment in the current situation they'll come to the person and say thank you it's been good but unfortunately we no longer have a role for you mm. and usually people have um, not put the amount of time in their individual journey as they have in the organization and particularly when they've been in the organization for a long period of time their identity becomes organizationally oriented as opposed to individually oriented so what I mean by that is, if you ask someone to tell me about yourself and they say, you know, I'm a project manager at Westpac, that's organizationally oriented. Uh, whereas what I'd prefer them to say, I'm really passionate about, you know, um, uh, bringing order out of chaos, about putting plans and processes in place to solve that and mm -hmm. doing it collaboratively with teams. And at the moment I happen to do it as a project manager. And I know you guys, would, you know, uh, um, would agree with that in terms of the work that you've done yourself, that you do yourselves is how you describe yourself. Um, so that for me is the individual alignment piece. And uh, in my practice, probably 30% of the work I do is organizational alignment. Mm -hmm. Probably about 30, 40% is individual alignment piece, individual alignment. And the remaining 30 is a combination of the two where I work with a team and there's some individual work and organizational work. So that's the alignment piece, sorry, it's a long story. Um, that's the alignment piece. When I talk about alignment and movement, and you know, when, when Aisha and I were talking about it, um, I said to him, movement is critical. Um, and I, I, I include movement because the problem, the struggle that I have is I observe that people, generally if they are very, uh, if IT people, engineers, accountants, tend to think in what I call noughts and whites. They think quite black and white. It's either right or wrong. And so what happens is, is if there's a decision to be made, 
there should be an answer. So they tend to wait for the answer to emerge, but then they get stuck. Mm. And so I talk about a lot of the work that I do is not about finding the answer, it's about creating movement in an aligned direction. And often the solution or solutions or options will emerge as you move, uh, not when you have the answer. Mm. So, long story. Uh, that's that's why I describe myself as an alignment and movement strategist. It's curious as if so many things would be great to just pick up and, and put mm. out on the table with what you said, Brian. But really, I'm wondering, you know, how do people know they're stuck? You know, that question, tell me about yourself. So how hard is it? How do, do people know that they're stuck when you do that kind of work with them? Or is that a long process of unpacking that, you know, you're stuck because you know use that story of yourself in the airport and not even being aware that you're crying which is pretty amazing so I imagine there's a lot of people in that kind of space that they're not you know they're not aware that they're associating their identity so heavily with the organization yeah and and, uh, you know I think um, in South Africa we have a great expression which uh, is yarnia which literally translates Yes, no, um, all, all in the above, as it were. Um, some people I see are aware that they stuck or aware that they need support. Um, I would say in, uh, incre- increasingly people are aware of that. Um, but you know, um, how, can I, how can I answer that? I, and I'm sure you guys would as well, you can see when someone is stuck. You can get a sense of when someone is stuck. You can get some, a sense of someone when someone's uh, validation is external rather than internal. You know, where they are validated by the title, by the salary, by where they live, by the car they drive, which are all good things, but they're really just markers. They're not, uh, you know, take away those things, who would you be? And, and so, the, the, the importance of being internally validated, being comfortable with who you are, that you have meaning, that you have purpose, uh, irrespective of the salary, the car, the title, I think is really important. But it's scary for people, and, and particularly my generation, which are baby boomers. Um, you know, our generation was about climbing the ladder. That was mm-hmm. often the way success was valued, um, or was measured, sorry. Whereas what I, I love about younger uh, people, the millennials, as we, as it were, they're not as driven by the externals um, as, I, and I'm generalizing, but as we were. That's far more when you talk to younger people, it's about making a difference. It's mm. about enjoying their work. Whereas mm. I don't ever remember that was something that was important to myself growing up or in my career. You know, was I enjoying what I was doing? No, it's mm. just something you had to do. Um, so I think people are open to that. I think they do find it hard to verbalize their identity. Um, mm. And so there's work to do around that. And um, if I could just expand a bit more, when I work individually with people, um, I have a framework and I call it an individual alignment framework. It's a holistic view of their lives. And it's not brain surgery. You would, you guys would absolutely get it. And most people instinctively would understand it, but it's a very conscious way of putting a structure to of structuring the discussion um, so that you are leaning into it Mm. Um, so for example i would start to the question um, i I usually start to the question who am i which is your brand your identity and in fact you know with linkedin that's an obvious place for your identity 
if you go and look at people's, uh, in some ways, LinkedIn, as you know, is their personal website. It's their corporate website for, you know, uh, Nishad PTY Limited or Carolyn PTY Limited, all that. And so how they present themselves tells you a lot about their identity. But what I think is very important is I always describe the who question is just if you're talking about a ball in the water, um, the part of the ball you can see is the answer to the question, who am I? Mm -hmm. It's what people see and what are people observing you. The deeper question is what lies underneath the surface, which is actually the answer to the question, why am I? Mm. And, and I know this might sound really esoteric, but I'm a very firm believer that all of us, there's uniqueness about all of us. Um, and the work that I do is about trying to help you understand who am I designed to be and am I increasingly being that person? And whether you're religious, spiritual, atheist, doesn't matter. We know that there's a uniqueness, but it's taking time to lean into that. And, and part of the why is actually understanding one's backstory. Um, I do quite a lot of work in the Defence Force, and um, when I describe backstory to, to, to people, they, they put their hand on their chest, which is where their medals usually are, and they say, that's my backstory. Mm. So they have an instinctive feel for backstory. But the problem that I have I, I noticed is people are so future-oriented. Mm. Um, I think the mindfulness movement has been really helpful at slowing people down and being more aware of now. Very few people take the time to learn from the past. Mm. Because why you are who you are, it's got a lot to do with your backstory. Mm. So taking time to reflect on the why, um, and you know, I use the example of well, um, Steve Jobs, who we know, kind of Apple. In one of his biographies, he talks about his why was to put a ding in the universe. <laughs> And, and, and he would say, you know, um, for him it was founding Apple and doing all the amazing things that he did. But I often say, so, you know, what is your ding? What is mm. my ding? It's, uh, my ding is not to found an Apple. My ding is not to start up a technology. Uh, I believe my ding is to help people verbalize and increasingly become who they designed to be. Mm. And, and, and so that identity piece is critical for people to get some level of grips of it. Some it comes instinctively too. Um, others get you know, stuck. Um, others need help to help verbalize that. So mm -hmm. the, the why piece is where I help them begin to um, get a sense of their identity. It's a long answer to your question, Carolyn. Is that uh, it, it's a long, it's also hard work, isn't it? It's an ongoing thing. You never you never, yep. now I've got it, I'm this person, I'm this person all the time, yep. and life yep. is amazing. It's just, it's yep. work. And I think, you know, whether you do that with a psychologist, a counsellor, a career counsellor, a career coach or whatever, it, it, it's it's not an overnight thing, I think. Um, and yep. to expect it to be other, otherwise is, um, you know, setting yourself up a bit for failure, I think. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest... Uh, breakthroughs for me in my struggle with anxiety was realizing that I would never arrive. Mm. And that was huge for me because I always had this mentality of, you know, part of my struggle was always worry about the future, have regrets about the past, mm. and not live in the present. And so consciously what I've tried to do is say to myself in the present, what we have is this moment in front of us now, not what's coming or what's past. I've then begun to 
that's engaged in the future so that I'm less worried about it. Uh, and then that's enabled me to begin to deal with some of my regrets. But one of the biggest things was thinking when I have a certain amount of money, when I've got this job, when I am there, then I will be okay. Mm. No, in fact, you're okay now. Mm. Um, and, and it's an understanding that, and that's why for me, movement is so important. Mm. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's so many questions I have for you guys, and I'm amazed with, um, you know, it's 129 uh, episodes. I don't know how many days that is. Is that this, you know, is it five days a week? So we can extrapolate that. You know, I would love to understand how have you grown? How have mm. you moved? So what we tend to do is we put such a finite view of movement on us. We tend to think that success is when I get a job. Mm. And at this time, that's very, very hard. Um, you know, I was listening yesterday, the day before, when you had the person, uh, I think it was William, William Willem Pop, I can't remember one of them on, and, and he was really saying that um, uh, there is no, in fact, you might have said, Nisha, there is no secret ingredient. There is mm. no secret to getting a job. And so it's tough out there. And mm. so how can you keep away from when I get a job, then I'll be successful? Because the implication is if you don't have a job or you can't find a job, you're unsuccessful. Mm. And so my encouragement is, is that, you know, have you grown? Uh, are you mm. a better person than you were three months ago? Um, mm. Have you moved mm. um, as opposed to have you arrived? Mm. Um, I think that's really important. So this concept of, um, you know, the um, arrival or having being successful is such an unhealthy um, mm. overlay, I think, mm. on where people are at. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just to, uh, you know, welcome Bali, Noor, Poonam and the LinkedIn user. I don't know who that is, uh, but welcome. If you got questions for Brian or any comments on what we are discussing, you know, please uh, drop in in the chat box and we'll be able to pick that up. I think I think that's right, Brian. You know, uh, you know, have I moved? It's a, it's a very powerful question to ask as well. You know, have I been successful. I, you know, fortunately, I, I landed a job after I came here in the pandemic times, which was I'm just you know grateful that. But that also partially happened because of Ooh. of this LinkedIn Live that we are doing, because of the movement. Somebody found out that I'm still active. I'm doing something. He approached me, asked me to, you know, present myself, apply myself for the job, uh, and then eventually took its own course that I landed a job. But Let's talk, let's talk about your observations right now around, um, you know, around how professionals are dealing with. And then secondly, about, you know, let, let's put that movement concept into the practice and, you know, what people can do from today to help them move, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit movement. We, one of the things that I can you know, share is one, one question that I ask my clients to do is that, if you feel like stopping, if you feel like this pretty much it, I can't do anything else. I said, take a take a small, like a very, very tiny step. That is, pick up a phone call or send an email. Just a very, very tiny step. That's what I want you to do because it just keeps that, even though it slows down, it just keeps on going slowly. So what are your observations and what are, how do people implement those? Yeah, no, thanks, Nasha. 
Um, again, you know, I really want to emphasize movement doesn't mean arrival. It doesn't mean success. It just means movement. Um, and, and so for me, movement in an aligned direction, I think is really good. So what do I mean by aligned? Um, you know, if you love numbers, what you should do is incorporate numbers into your life. Uh, if you don't like numbers, you should outsource them. You should not incorporate them into your life because it's not aligned with you. It's not what energizes you. So I think some you know, self-awareness is really important about what is it I love to do and what is it I not enjoy to do. Um, some uh, we, we tend to categorize, and I, I see this at the moment in our, in our world, in our political environment. Um, a number of my clients are, are quite involved in the... Um, uh, American context at the moment and they describe that what they notice in the American political system is that it's so polarized um, you know you are the left or you're right and there's no talking across it and they and they then equate the right and the wrong so for me it's about um, that self-awareness piece in terms of what is it I love to do and trying to align to that as much as possible so to give you an example with a number of my clients um, this is a really tricky time at the moment particularly the individual clients particularly clients that are in between roles, uh, that are looking for something. Um, just to be honest, one of, one of my clients has just decided um, he's gonna have a break until February. Um, he thinks the effort that needs to be put in at the moment with the return is just not worth it. And so he's decided I'm either in or I'm out. Um, if I'm fully in, I'm gonna give it a full on go. If I'm out, I'm gonna have a full on break. And he just, you know, the cost benefit for him is let me be out and I understand that he's fortunate in that financially he has the resources to be able to do that so it's harder for people that don't have that um, so when I'm working with my clients around uh, I'm always listening for are they moving uh, are they growing are things changing and, and typically you know in a context like this we would explore what that movement might look like um, and, and let's say uh, it is around you know finding another uh, full-time role somewhere clearly what the work that you know all three of us do would be help them to close that gap to get closer to it um, but the other things that I, I, I do also encourage them to explore this is a great time to do a bit of extra study um, you know if there's a concern around uh, finances there's a lot of uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with MOOCs um, you know massive online open courses things like edX um, things like Coursera, uh, Udacity, some amazing uh, tools and resources out there. Actually, even LinkedIn Learning has some great material on. And so, to use the time to go and have a look. Um, I was talking to a client this morning who uh, heard me speak at a conference called Vid19. That was you know, in March, I think it was. Uh, and uh, he attended nearly every session um, of this. You know, there's over 40 days run by a lady called Julia Steele and just loved it. Just had the opportunity for change to be able to do something that he wouldn't normally be able to do. It. So, you know, further study is an aspect for me. Um, I, I am, uh, the other part of the movement is filling gaps. Um, so part of what I get people to do is have a very holistic view of, them, of themselves. We're really talking about the professional aspect of the professional journey here, but there's a whole part of them that's really important. Um, you know, an obvious one is where are you at in terms of um, your health, physically, 
uh, you know, emotionally, as I've shared already, and even spiritually, and I don't necessarily again mean religious, but spiritually in the sense of why why do I exist? Why am I around here? What's aligned to my purpose? So that's an important check-in and uh, a great time to try and keep yourself moving by addressing, um, you know, uh, some of the unhealthy habits that you do have in place and putting new habits in place. Um, I would say uh, reviewing in terms of financially where you're at, the journey that you're on, what the gaps are, uh, putting a budget in place. All of these are, are healthy things to do. Um, you know, the third would be lifestyle. Um, which, as you know, has been one of the major impacts of this the COVID time. Is people, most people, are saying generally they'd like to spend more time working from home than from work. Uh, you know, from the work physical work context. That's a major change in terms of lifestyle. Um, one of my clients recently said something along the lines of, "It's not so, so much about uh, working from home anymore, but it's uh, it's working at home. It's it's." Um, working being home at work it's that flip side of it so you know i think lifestyle is really important being intent one of my clients we've been talking about this for a while he's uh, 40 years old two young children italian heritage runs a financial advisory business he now realizes he can run his business anywhere in the world and so he's been to italy once with his kids for two weeks he's going back when it all opens up he's going to go and live there for a couple of years with his family um, and continue to operate his business from Italy. So, so I think there's these sort of aspects that create, um, you know, movement. Is exploring what that might look like. Mm. Um, and, and another aspect I think that's really important to check in uh, is around um, what I call connectedness. So connectedness can be if you have a significant partner, if you have a life partner. How's it going there? Um, mm. You know, a, a relationship doesn't just happen. There are things you need to do. What is it that we need to do? What habits can we build in there? It's more broadly your family. Um, you know, I shared a bit about my experience with my kids when I came back. Um, you know, I've often been asked, would I, if I was offered the job again, would I uh, do it? I think yes, but I would do it differently. Mm. I would travel less. I'd do more video conferencing and I would take the kids with me. Mm. Um, uh, and then it's not only connectedness with your family, but it's your closer, you know, more immediate family. Being a South African, we found it really hard in Australia. Um, and I'm pleased this is no criticism of Australians. But, you know, we were told that South Africa and Australia is very similar. Love sport, love the sun, uh, you know, love water. Uh, yes, I think that's true, but culturally we're very different. Mm. So we've actually found it quite hard to find uh, um, our, our connectedness and so that's consciously that something Cheryl and I are working at is how do we build that that relationship or those communities so these are all things to look at that are beyond just you know what can I do professionally to make myself better around study etc uh, which I think creates movement I, I would say is that I do think it's important to develop some sort of rhythm um, and be held accountable to that. Um, sometimes people say to me, so what does an alignment and movement strategist do? And I'll say, well, I'm like a personal trainer. And they'll say to me, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, people come to me and they say to me things like, I want to get fit. And I'll say, great, why do you want to get fit? Okay, we now have a sense of why you want to get fit, cool. What does get fit look like? 
you know, let's describe it. Let's pick up the options. And you might say, well, if I can run the Melbourne Marathon in a year's time, then I'll be fit. Great. Where are you now? You know, have you ever run before? What's your level of fitness? Cool. Well, let's set a market that's within three months you can run five kilometers. And then I'll hold you accountable to them. And you see, accountability is really important because if you've got this plan and the alarm goes off at six o'clock and there's no one waiting outside, you just turn the alarm off. So that accountability means that, let's say they run the 5Ks in a couple of months' time, they come back to me and say, I hated it. Didn't enjoy it. I don't want to run. It doesn't mean that get fit is no longer an option. It just means that that way of getting fit is not what they needed. So for me, that element of, um, you know, of, of, of accountability, that element of um, uh, 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 rhythm, of habits, um, is really supportive. I think sometimes our habits can become the purpose, which I think is unhealthy. I think habits and rhythms are enablers for movement. So, you know, having a weekly rhythm. I mean, I, I'm amazed that you guys have done this for 129 sessions at three o'clock every afternoon. That, that is amazing to have that mm. rhythm. And it creates, uh, yeah, it's really helpful for other people because, you know, I'm sure people uh, listen regularly at three o'clock because they know this is coming. And, and I should I note, I remember when we spoke, I said to you, I noticed pops up on LinkedIn that you live with, with Carolyn. And, you know, it's intriguing. So just the fact that you guys are dedicated to doing this is so important and creates that movement. Um, it's an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say about, you know, that about creating a habit. It's like with this LinkedIn Live, the fact that it's at three o'clock, you know that what you need to do to get it set up to, to go. But I think a lot of people that watch the show do know it, it's on at three and it's their, part of their habit to um, listen and, and create some structure in their day. In their day, And we've had some lovely stories from people. Um, my lady Tara in France gets up and listens to it at 7 o'clock wow. in the morning. So yeah. connection back to, to Australia. But just, you know, I think for Nation I, it's that structure in the day as well. We know it's yeah. coming up and we know that but there's a whole lot of stuff around it that works, works really well. I guess yeah. I had a question around... Um, how do you because i'm great at starting things <laughs> and i'm just like yeah and i had i speed along for a while and then i stop and I, i'm wondering how do you embed habits like good habits yeah. that you, you need what, what's your strategy yeah. around so i don't think there's a one size fits all answer um mm. i think you are unique and you would need different intervention to nishid um mm. You know, so I'm wary of being too prescriptive in my, my answer. Um, I do know that habits take time to embed. So it is something that you do need to do regularly. Uh, and there's various statistics around, does it take 40 days, 66 days? There's, all, there's whole theories around that. But it does mean that you need to do something regularly, uh, ongoing, um, to be, begin to embed it as a habit. Having said that, for some people, that actually impose that structure actually frustrates them, and so they might have do that for a period of time. But then it's actually limiting them. It's not actually enabling them to be who they are. Mm. So, so you know, Carolyn, it's it's hard. I mean, the fact that you like to start stuff, and maybe what I'm hearing you say is not follow follow through. I think you're probably being really hard on yourself. 
probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I suspect that if it hasn't stuck, maybe it wasn't the right habit. Mm. Um, and, and that for me is why I say so much of this is around you and the individual and working with the individual and unpacking them. Uh, mm. One of the things I love about my job is I never know who's going to come through the door, as it were. And I've got to adjust to them, not them adjust to me in processes. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, so the work we do, is it a, a science? I think, yes, there's science to it. Is it an art? Yes, there's art. It's a combination of the two. Mm. Um, I'm not giving you a great answer. I don't That's think. okay. Glad <laughs> you're you know, normal, though. So, yeah, you know. yeah. And I think we're hard on ourselves. You know, immediately yeah. you, you implied that, oh, I'm, I'm failing or I'm not good mm. enough. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, mm. You know, I think we're way, way harder on ourselves than generally other people are. Um, and yeah, it would be an observation. Um, there was something else, sorry, Nisha, there was something else I just wanted to observe. So I spoke about some of these things you can do that'll create movement and habits. There is something else that I do want to really, um, that I think can be could be really helpful for people during this time. Um, one of the things you know that they talk about all the time, the, the best way to find another job is through networking. Mm. Sure you would agree. Now the problem is, is that I'm an introvert and the word networking is a negative connotation for me. Mm. It gives me, uh, you know, I get all creepy when I hear the word. And, and it seems to, in my mind, it seems to sound a bit like manipulation to me, or it sounds a bit, um, not not having integrity or something along those lines. And so I found a lot of people during this time really struggling because they know that the best way to you know, find another job is through networking. And, and, and so I think another movement uh, that can be really helpful is, a, and, and it's very similar to, um, you'll notice on LinkedIn, there's these tags, 100 coffees or 500 lunches. In fact, a guy called Nick Mandel has these 500 lunches and his intent was to go and meet with 500 people, and I think he's on 100 and something or other. That's all cool, and I think that's good. I think, though, that what's help, more helpful, particularly for people that are more introverted or more reserved, is to have an intent why you want to do that. Mm. So the way I describe it is, um, you know, I mentioned I was an academic for uh, a few years, and I was actually the research uh, leader in, in our department. Um, and I think it, 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 you should approach this time as, as a research project. Mm. And so research starts with an hypothesis or a question. And so this is a great chance to go and ask questions of people and ask for advice from people as opposed to asking for jobs. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I know that I'm sure you guys would recommend this too. It's, you know, if I came to either of you and said, do you have a job for me? I'm pretty sure that probably 99.9995% of the time you're going to say to me, oh, Brian, I'm sorry. Even if we know each other really well and we're very close friends, don't have a job for you. So I always talk about how to turn a no into a yes. Mm. Whereas if I came to you and I said to you, you know, um, at the moment, um, as you know, with COVID, not a lot's happening. Uh, and I'm really taking this opportunity just to explore uh, some possible roles or to explore the future. Uh, one area that I'm, you know, I'm thinking of getting into is live chats or podcasts. Um, I'd love to buy you a virtual coffee and, and just pick your brain a bit. 
I suspect that 90% of the time you would say happy to. Mm. And, and the intent around that is um, not necessarily that you'll get a job out of it, but you will learn a lot through it, mm. which will help your decision making around where you go. Mm. Um, and so that's my encouragement to people is that, you know, don't have the focus on finding a job. Um, you, use this time to explore. Use this time to ask questions of people. Um, use this time to, uh, you know, you, we would have all seen the posts on LinkedIn around if anyone's struggling at the moment, reach out, I'll recommend them, I'll do something like that. That's cool. What if you went to them with a the real question around uh, something along the lines of, you know, what advice would you give someone trying to break into project management? Mm. Um, you know, how would you go about it? That can be really helpful. So anyway, just a thought. Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, we had, uh, even um, Willem yesterday was talking about that networking thing around just engaging in that conversation and yeah. what's the market looking like at the moment, for example, you know, yeah. and what's my insight? What can I offer back to that conversation as well? So, yeah. yeah, I think also with that, like, you know, your example about coming to us and asking us about, you know, live streaming or podcasting, you kind of, you've got to pick your target with that. Like they, that person really has to believe that um, they can offer you that kind of um, information. Yeah. So that's, yeah. um, you know, and, and that's the beauty of LinkedIn because on LinkedIn you can see a lot mm -hmm. Well, if people have their profiles for that, you can see a lot about where they've come from and what they might know. So, yeah. yeah. I, th I think that's important. I think what's also important is the warm referral aspect. Mm. Um, so if you're not coming in cold. Um, mm. uh, and I think it's having a valid question that they mm. can help you with. You know, if I came to you and we caught up and I said, spoke about the weather or the footy, that's nice. But if mm. I came to you and I said, you know, I, I'm really exploring getting into live streaming. Uh, how, how did it work for you? You know, what are the advice you would give me? What are the lessons you've learned after, you know, 129 episodes? That's really helpful. And people generally are very generous with their time. Mm. It is to choose the right moment and particularly not to take it personally. If they say, I can't or you don't get a response. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, I think having a question that is of relevance, that is of meaning, that is helpful, um, mm is the key to that yeah absolutely absolutely Brian, that's pretty much it we don't have any more questions cool. from anyone that is always good uh you know if people want to reach out to you you know if they are also lacking some movement or alignment and if they want to really explore that what's the best way for them to reach out to you uh yeah um so i mean i'm on linkedin uh, really happy to chat to anyone via LinkedIn. Uh, via email is cool too. So uh, I don't. You can obviously get it via LinkedIn, but it's it's Brian uh, B R I A N at and I should have chosen a shorter domain when I set up my business. But let me just spell it out for you. It's <laughs> it's, it's Gardner G A R D N E R Consulting C O N S U L T I N G Services. So Gardner Consulting Services. Uh, .com.au uh, is great too, um, but yeah, probably the easiest, I guess, would be via LinkedIn. But yeah, love to chat to people. Uh, uh, I'm sure like yourselves and particularly doing the work you are, uh, uh, people's lives, people's stories are, are yeah. fascinating and uh, I love that. Yeah, they absolutely are. 
So if you're watching this on YouTube and you like what you see, please subscribe. Please also follow the hashtag Career Care Package on LinkedIn. And tomorrow, Naish, who have we got? Yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow we are not coming at 3 p.m. So we're going to take a, you know, you know, okay. make sure that you don't rock up at 3 p.m. And if first you don't see ever. it, first wow. time ever. That's right. tomorrow, tomorrow we are doing at 8 p.m. And the only reason is because we got a special guest coming all the way from Canada. Her name is Devina Kaur, and she's absolutely sensational story about how she worked. Uh, she came as an international student, worked in a bank, then hated that job, then worked as a dog walker for four years, then that she found her purpose. And now she uh, is a published author. She has got her own radio show and her organization is called Sexy Brilliant. There is no profanity, so we are not going to talk about those things that you expect with this, okay? It's going to be a fun chat. She runs her own show. Her name is Devina Kaur. Check that out. She's going to be fabulous. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. Melbourne time, we will come to your LinkedIn screen again. And until then, if you are in Victoria, please mask up. We are still not out of the woods, by the way. And if you are anywhere else, please stay healthy and look after yourself and your family members and once again brian thank you very much for gracing our show and we wish you all the best thank you and uh, uh, you said it's a good thing there weren't any questions i'm not sure about that but thank you for the privilege of being on it it's uh, i really appreciate it and thank you for the great questions that i was able to do so much talking so i appreciate it thanks guys right. thanks marilyn thanks nasha you guys go well cheers then. thanks bye Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode, or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.